Hello and welcome aboard Fighting Catholic Jet Lag. My name is JC and I'll be your host for this podcast. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, a priest of 34 years and a doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president. And for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. We'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and reclaim your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, relax, and enjoy our flight to faith. Every time you turn it on, I get really nervous. You would think you wouldn't anymore. I didn't think you were the nervous type. Just pretend like it's... Um... I still write down the safety demo. Yeah, I was going to say, pretend like it's your safety demo. safety demo. You think somebody's actually paying attention? <laughs> no, I, God, I hope not. Because that, I do. It, I am wrapped... Atten- I, I like... This flight attendant needs to know that there is somebody paying attention. She's that got me completely, is, no, I've got and I'm say, nodding and giving so visual visual feedback. I love doing the safety demo and coach because so you have one person. It's always that one person who's never flown. You before. say, "Are you singing or dancing?" Like if you're singing, you're the one saying it. If you're dancing, you're the one doing the demo. Um, but I love it when people are like paying attention. We really enjoy that because it's like you're getting up and giving, defending your dissertation on a plane every day is exactly, I would probably, I would compare it to that. And then if there ever is anything you can say to that person, see, you don't know what to do now. You don't know we have crashed do. into a mountain <laughs> and you have no idea what to do. Why do you think we're still telling you how to put on seatbelt? Well, yes. Yeah, so uh, there you are upside down in your seat. But- <laughs> I'll get you. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I just need to pretend that I'm doing a safety demo. Okay. I mean, do you are you pretending you're you're giving a homily? How do you shake your nerves? My nerves are deadened. Really? How how long did that take for all of your feelings to go? I have away? no nerves with this. None? I have nerves when I listen to it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, people yeah, are gonna hear this. That's it. And that's why I was a little thrown off. Um, I was telling our friend Bridget, who has the podcast Bloom, we were talking last night and I'm like, I'm, it's still a little strange. <laughs> it, it's such a compliment, but I can't believe people are listening. So has she listened to it? Yes. What does she, she think? Likes it. Does she? she likes it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It, Bridget, if you're listening, let us know. Do you like it? Or if that needs to be a clarification, I'll do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, so at, the other night at Brescia though, um, everyone was very kind and telling us how much they enjoyed it. And yeah. Are you looking at my t-shirt? Yes, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah. That's my favorite saying. I, I told you the story when I was in Rome, the secretary of the institution that I was uh, at was French. And I spell Lawrence the British way, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. You are a man of the world. Because when I was baptized, my mother told me the story that the priest didn't know 
Larry, what, what it was. And so what? he baptized me using the Latin formulation, which is Laurentius. So L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-U-S. Um, Cause it was in Germany. So he didn't know the word name Larry. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do Lawrence, I'll do Lawrence with a U. And uh, she laughed at me because she said, well, that's how girls spell their name. So this is where this complex has come from. The pink, all of this is making sense from this moment right. of your yeah. spell. No, I still kept it at LAU, but <laughs> Laurent, L-A-U-R-E-N-T, is apparently the masculine way of, uh, the masculine form of Lawrence in France and Laurence is the feminine version, really? which is flipped for us. Lauren. So your is, your is the, Lawrence is your real name. Yeah. Larry stands for Lawrence. Right. Would you consider changing it to Laurent? No. Being Father Laurent. No, no, because Laurent with a T. Yeah. No. Like Saint Laurent. No. Because there's already one. If there's anything, it'd be the German. <laughs> okay. Which is Lawrence. Lorenzo. No, that's Italian. Okay. <laughs> It, it's German version is the same as the Italian, except no O. Right. So L-O-R-E-N-Z. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I only. Which for, would be a pretty cool name. For JC, there's only one other variation, and that's Hasey in Spanish. Yeah. But I have the Irish Siri accent Tell on my Rebecca Siri. And, White and Siri she, calls whenever me. I say, uh, would you text JC? And she says, I can't do an Irish accent. Do but it, she, she says, texting Chasey. Chasey. <laughs> I've heard worse. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. It's Chassis. Chassis. Read the last text from J.C. Hartz. You have recent messages from Jassy. There we go. Jassy said, Sister Pam is everything. Would you like to reply? Jassy. I love, you have to keep that in. Jassy says, Sister Pam is everything. And I would agree with that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sister Pam, you made the podcast. Sister Pam. I've so been- we should introduce ourselves for first time listeners. Yes, but first I would like to say, Sister Pam, I'm trying to convince her to come and do a Sister Pam Corner. Yeah. I just, I think she's a vibe. Love the Ursulines. All right. I'm JC Hartz. And this I'm is my co-host. Larry Hostetter. Father Laurence Hostetter. Laurent. Father Laurent Hostetter. <laughs> like that? Well, how do you say Eve Saint? Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah, there you go. Like that. Okay. Yeah. And but I'm I, with, yeah. you say the wrong Hostetter. <laughs> and we have had the best weekend, haven't we? It's been a pretty busy weekend. It has been a full weekend of fighting Catholic Jellic. Okay, so Friday night, we got together. We went to your place of employment. Brescia University. We went to Brescia. We were invited. Your... I thought you all just crashed. So... If you you're not on the official okay, list. Listen, if you're going to invite someone to your party, you need to tell the bouncer, Sydney, that, that we're invited. Because that you're on the list. I'm sitting there eating like cupcakes and at the open bar. And she's probably like, you weren't invited. So why? <laughs> This person eating, for the all, setup. eating all this free food. It, does any like security? Yeah. So, well, as I said, we paid the bouncer off in prayer cards, but I mean, please, please let, please we let them know we were invited. Lauren, our other co producer, and I thought we, it would be nice to have the podcast crew here. And I factored all of the half licks were invited. And, um, but then we forgot to mention it to the uh, person who threw the party. The, well, 
My party, but the organizer of the party. No, no, no. So you're the you're the captain. Sydney is the flight leader. Right. So the captain thinks they're in charge of the plane. It is the flight leader that, that is actually has gets everything done. The yeah. manifest right. and gets everything right. done and wants to know. And so if somebody walked onto your plane and said the captain invited me into the first class, and section. she's going to say you're going back to coach. <laughs> so Sydney is the gatekeeper of first class. And she was wondering how we got into yeah. first class. We explained it at the end on. of the night. You did at yeah. the end of the night. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. She, it, she was really excited. And she said, I'm a day oneer." Right. And I'm like, Oh, a, a day one. And she said, I like the er at the end. I'm like, me too. Let's call it that from now right. on. She's our day yeah. oneer. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're glad you're here. Hey, Sydney, whatever we have, you are welcome to, you are always on our list. Just want to throw that out there. So anyway, what else did, What else happened this weekend that was exciting? Um, or last weekend. They'll be listening to this in the future. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember. It was a very busy week. We did get an article <gasps> in the newspaper. So for those of you who are not in the in the area, yeah. we got a, in the Owensboro Messenger Inquirer. You sent that to your mom yet? Okay. I sent her a text. She must have been really busy yesterday because it took her hours to text back. And there is nothing more special or more of an honor in my family than to be featured in the local newspaper. Front page of the religion and value section, top of I the I will fold. just say no Beckman has ever been featured in the religious section of a newspaper. <laughs> so this is going on the fridge. I actually brought a copy because I wanted to see if you would maybe do a little autograph. Well, we should all it. sign it. Okay. Can you sign something? Yeah. What are you, I mean, you have to write her I think message. Rebecca needs to sign it too, and you need to sign it, and we need to get Lauren to sign it. And that'll be the official. I think she just wants yours. So, what message are you going to write her? Uh, no, I don't do. No, you have to. Like a message. Okay, my friend, growing up when she met the Hanson brothers, you remember them? No. Hanson, Bob. I have no idea who you're talking about. So Taylor Hanson, who was the lead. Okay. So um, am I signing this for your mom? Yes. Oh. So he signs his stuff. He put stay sweet, love, Taylor Hansen. So will you put that to Barb? Stay sweet, love, Laurent. I have great job raising such a faith-filled daughter. I didn't deserve that. What that make her cry? Wow, thank you so much. Good job, Barb. You did a great job with me. I hope all the other kids are listening. And it's scribbled enough to where you could really have it say whatever you wanted to say, but that's what it said. Great job, Barb. JC is the best. She is a light to this world and a lamp onto my feet. And deserves a raise. And deserves a raise. <laughs> yes. Sincerely, stay sweet, Father Lorenzo. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. She's really going to enjoy that. She's probably going to put it on eBay. <laughs> so what? who else? What did? How about the rest of your no. family? Like your mother-in-law and all them? Did they see it? Oh, I thought you were going to say, does your mother-in-law want an autograph too? Yes, she does, Father Larry. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I don't I don't know if Pam has seen it yet or not, but um, Ben worked all weekend. And so he came home and I'm like, Ben, you're never going to believe this. I'm in the paper. He was so excited. He stopped and bought us two on the way home. It was really exciting. So um, I actually sent a picture of it to like everyone in my family. And my mom wrote me back like six hours later with like a thumbs up. So <laughs> that's all you got is a thumbs up. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, it's, it's rough, but they'll come around. I'm it's like Marie Osmond's family, you know, like back Marie in the day she Osmond. got into the religion paper and no. mom just said thumbs up, you know, no. it's like you've done this so many times now. I'm, it's I'm like over it. when Beyonce decided to start a solo career. Oh, I didn't know she ever had anything but a solo. I, I'll send them. She she's still grounded. Yeah. I haven't met. I have met one of your sisters on Zoom one time. Amy. Amy. So she's still grounded. She's still salt of the earth. Yes. That humble, she's always so been humble. humble. I think maybe for makes her own pie crust. Yes, I do. JC. I so that. maybe this year for Christmas, I'll I'll do an autograph for all of them. And that'll be their Christmas that'll, gift. That'll go over wonderfully, I bet. Amy, every year, she says, I'm not getting you all anything. My children were a gift enough to this family. <laughs> so now we move on. Finally, appetizer's done. You satisfied? Done. Okay. All right. I'm Let's full. move on to I'm fish to and chips. chips. So in the United States, if you want to present yourself for communion uh, or you want to receive a blessing and you get in the communion line with your friends, and cross your arms. And we're and, whispering. So you know yeah, it's they, us. We're yeah, getting ready. They're whispering. They're telling them what to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'll receive a blessing. Yeah. Um, and in the hymnal. Is that looked down upon? No, no, no. It's it's You're welcome to do it. I mean, people are absolutely 100% welcome to do it. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, though, that we're not able to have full communion with everybody. And there's a reason for that. Uh, so it's kind of a uh, something that we do as a, a way of making sure that people feel welcome. But also, I think in my mind, for me, it's, it's also a moment of sadness in that I'd really like to have communion with this person. But, you know, the, the American bishops, if you look in the Missalette or the hymnal, there'll be a statement in there on that we don't practice uh, intercommunion with other denominations. Uh, but... We look forward and work towards the day when we finally can, because that Christian churches are separated in that way is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a good thing that there are so many different denominations of Christianity where each one feels like they're the only right expression mm -hmm. of Christianity. Um, and we should come to the point someday, I think, and that's what we work towards where we can have uh, communion with each other. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, the rules and regulations do allow for someone who believes in the real presence mm -hmm. of that, you know, that's part one reason why uh, the bishops have said, let's not do intercommunion because different Christian churches believe different things about the Lord's Supper. And tell us again, intercommunion yeah. is. Intercommunion is different, different denominations right. sharing communion with each other. Most denominations don't have a problem with that, but we as Catholics do because we have such an insistence on the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So Jesus is present uh, in the Eucharist, truly present. And so uh, if you're going to receive communion, at a, remember we talked about the minimum, at mm -hmm. minimum, you've got to at least believe in that. Yes. And, and so it's, and the it's... minister holds up the, the host and says mm -hmm. what? The body of Christ. And then so you say. And then I say, thanks be to God. No. It's been a while. Hold on. No, no, no. Walk me through it. Let's see okay. here. You're the body of Christ. Thanks be to God. No. 
Yes. No. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're in line. Okay, I'm giving you communion, oh. and I oh, know you know what to do. Oh, this is during communion? Yes. I thought you meant this was your transubstantiating. No, no, no. no you've already not, done that. The, the, I know this one. called the consecration. The body of Christ. And you say? The body of Christ. I say Thanks the body of Christ. I give you communion, and you say? Amen. Amen. I know you knew it because I've given you communion. <laughs> oh, little bee. Uh, you got some work. Okay. 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 So when you get on an airplane, what's the first thing you do? First thing I do is I pull out my laminated card and I look where the exit is. And then I count the seats to that exit because oh, he's good. I'm paranoid he's about good. it. He's good. Okay. So whenever you um, have your, the air pressure goes bad and they come out from the ceiling, the, uh, the mask, what mm -hmm. are you going to do first? I'm put it on me and then assist anybody. Else oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stump the chump. I lost. Well, ask me a hard one. one. Ask me a hard one. You want a hard one? Yeah. 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 You want a real hard one? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. But if it's something that I should know as a passenger and not just as a flight attendant. Okay. Let's see. I mean, here. I actually know how doors A open, doors B open, and doors C open, and they all have a different way of pushing the mechanism. <laughs> yeah, and all yeah, that's that. good. That's I memorize good. all that too. Do you, whenever you get you, you're sitting down. Of course, I know you're asking for right. wine and a cracker. And I put my phone on. Uh, transubstantiated. Oh, no, I and put my heat. phone on a plane mode. Airplane mode. Yeah. Yes, we love that. Love to see it. And right? then I look, give dirty looks to the people that I know aren't doing it. Yeah. I don't actually say anything, but I just kind of look at them like, I know you didn't put your phone on plane mode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's here's good. Here is multiple choice. Okay. Stump the chump, multiple choice. You get on the airplane. You see the flight attendant. You are going to A, knock three dimes on the fuselage and do the sign of the cross uh -huh. in front of the flight crew and then go to your seat. B, go up to the flight attendant and say, Where's the seat so she can point to the back of the plane? Mm -hmm. C, say, hey, I'll have the steak. D, when's the alcohol going to be served? Or E, none of the above. None of the above. You, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. You would be a joy to have on. Oh, yeah, because you would know I was that. there. That's. I would not. Really like that. Would, I would be totally invisible to you. So anyway. You're on a plane. See an ashtray in the lavatory. What is that for if we got rid of smoking years ago? Um, well, as somebody recently told me, I don't think you want people to know that, though. Do you? That you would rather have them put the cigarettes out in the ashtray? Well, we, than, we, would, we would rather them know. We you would, would rather absolutely. Them, you would rather they not smoke. Because we're going to smell it. And then it, gonna, is, it is and a then, fine. And then they go get in trouble with the police. Do you I call mean, the police if somebody smokes on, on the... I mean, that's a huge are, fine. Are the police yeah. waiting for, that, for you when you Yeah, are? that's a huge yeah. fine. So but it, we would rather them do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so why it, do you, if you see... So you to put your cigarette out in there if you're going to smoke with the police waiting for you when you land. Yeah. Don't smoke. But if you, if for some reason you have a mo... If you have something on fire on your person while in the lavatory, lavatory on an airplane, it's best to put it out in that little bitty ashtray. Because if you put it out in the trash receptacle... It'll catch or the fire. Toilet, it'll catch fire. And then we have a much bigger problem The toilet will catch fine. fire too? Well, it's going down in the toilet and there's all paper in there. Oh. So it's just suction. There's no water in the toilet. Right. So, or there's no liquid in the toilet. So you're putting it down into a holding area that's 
full of paper products. And, and gases. And lots of gases, yes. So you want to make sure if you're going to, you better don't. You <laughs> we'll don't, find you. you and, and you'll have to go to jail. Uh, yes. Yeah, you it's don't want to. Yeah. I remember the days. But everyone always says. And we'll get says, back to the topic here in a minute. But I remember But everyone the days. always says, why do you have, uh, you know, ashtrays? See, I always think. When I see the ashtrays, especially when I see in an old plane, the ashtray still next to the seat that, you know, for some reason, it's that old of a plane. Yes. And I was saying, oh, I am in the oldest plane in the world. And then I think, you know, old planes are good because they've proven themselves. Which is great. They love when I fly the old planes all over America. You <laughs> get to actually fly. fly them. You know, do my part. I've never. <laughs> but we, this all started when I was trying to get JC to say the word that comes after the body of Christ when the minister is presenting the Lord to the communicant. And she got it. I've got to say, though. Amen. I'm, and I mean this, I'm in such a place of prayer. I don't even, I'm literally just following because I'm. I'm, it's, it's muscle memory. It's muscle memory, right. and yeah. not not in the way that it's just like you're just going through it to say it. I'm I'm like in the zone, so I'm glad all you require us to okay. say is amen. Uh, little B, I think she's she's okay. She's full of it. That's so, what little B. Anyway, <laughs> that is the minimum because that amen means I believe, uh, I affirm. Okay. So you're holding up the body of Christ. You're saying I affirm this. I accept this, and so. That's why mm. to, the, to this day, the bishops have said, you know, you, you got to at least believe that much. So there is actually um, there is actually a provision that allows non-Catholics who come from uh, church traditions where they uh, they believe in the real presence of Christ. The Church of England, for example, there are people in the Anglican Church that believe in the real presence of Christ. And if they are away from their tradition or they're in, in and not able to receive communion regularly in their own tradition, they could technically receive communion at a Catholic church. Uh, can I ask a question? So our producer here, Rebecca, she's Church of England. Is this in your church? Yeah. Really? So the, and that's interesting because here there are no Church of England churches. So Catholicism, you said was the closest. Mm -hmm. So would she be able to take All right. Episcopalian? We have Episcopalian churches, which is an you know, offshoot of the church of England and Anglicanism. Um, and, and some of them are, are pretty connected to, yeah. or they, in their belief system, they believe in the real presence mm -hmm. as well. So there, there, there are provisions. Um, and I, I think ultimately, uh, and we know that people receive communion who maybe don't fit into the right, you know, the category exactly as, as as I said, and people present themselves for communion. If somebody, nobody is going to be checking it. Nobody is. You don't have like a vaccine card or a Holy Communion card that you have to present before you, you go to mm -hmm. communion. Well, for for those thinking of, I had a great conversation as I mentioned earlier with my mom about this. And did you fall asleep? Mm -mm. Yeah, nothing. I'm just doing this. So would anyone ever get denied communion? I can't imagine somebody, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but I can't imagine somebody getting in line for me in communion and they presented themselves as, you know, uh, receiving communion. They knew what they were doing. 
they, you know, they held their hands the correct way or they opened their mouth the correct way. They said, amen, um, presented them. No way I would deny Mm -hmm. that because I don't know. I mean, and obviously in their conscience, that person felt comfortable going to communion. Right. Uh, There've been a couple of times where somebody gets up and it clearly looks like they have, they, they just got in line because it's what everybody else was doing and they have no idea what, what they're doing. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll whisper, I said, were you intending to go to community, you know, and, and just kind of help them along to find out what it is that they want to do right. without embarrassing them, obviously. Right, right. Um, well, and then little kids do that sometimes. Little kids try to sneak in Holy Communion. No, they're not yet. it's like ID. You're like, I know you're underage. Yeah. I you well, <laughs> I'm not good with that. And so I often, little kids will sometimes hold out their hands and their parents are behind them going, no. shaking their head back and forth, no, <laughs> you know, hilarious. they're not ready yet. Because we believe that there is, it's 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 part of a process of being ready. You Absolutely. made ready to receive. Well, you appreciate Holy it more whenever you're able yeah. to. Now, the, the tougher question, though, and I think that Rebecca is alluding to, is, you know, is there a moral standard that you have to live up to in order to receive Holy Communion? And, um, you know, there there is some things written in, in what we call canon law. Canon law is the law of the church that talks about how somebody who is a uh, uh, you know, a really bad example in society and maybe doesn't live up to the, the faith, you know, in a very public way, uh, might not present themselves for, for communion, uh, or that somebody who has sinned so seriously that they have ruptured their relationship with God, that they pro- might need to have some healing of that relationship first in the sacrament of penance before presenting themselves for Holy Communion. But again, all of that is not for me to decide for you. That's for you to decide whether you feel like you should receive Holy Communion. If you present yourself to me as a Catholic uh, and you have worked through whatever and you want to receive Communion, I'm going to give you Holy Communion because I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know what you've done before you came to mass. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your prayer life is. I'm going to presume that you are in a good place. And that adults are uh, responsible for their own selves. Right. Can make that decision. Absolutely. Well, what, what do you say then about, I know this, this one's kind of a hot topic. I've heard everything every which way about it, but, I was talking to my mom about it. My, my parents divorced whenever I was in elementary school and um, my mom would bring her seven children to mass. And she said that she went to the priest and asked for permission. She didn't have an annulment, uh, straight up divorce, <laughs> but she said that she talked to the priest and he said, whatever she felt in her heart was right. Mm-hmm. Then she should do that. Right. And even when she was telling me, she said, um, but I understand why they wouldn't want me to have communion. And I, I was kind of, I'm like, what do you mean? What, why wouldn't you deserve to have communion? She's like, because I got divorced. I'm like, that's not a sin. Is that a sin? No. I mean, sometimes divorce is unfortunate, but necessary. Yeah. And, you know, the church had, had a pro- prohibition against divorce for, you know, since right. the beginning. But has but also acknowledged that sometimes it's inevitable and it's not something that can be prevented. I mean, the church has always allowed for some kind of 
divorce. I mean, all we got to look is royalty in the Middle Ages, you know, who would periodically get divorces <laughs> with permissions of the Pope. We call those annulments, but there would also be sometimes... Our British representative is yeah. raising her hand. <laughs> sometimes there would be divorces, but a divorce... That, so that is a really good point, because I think this is one of the... We talk about misconceptions, maybe blowing mm -hmm. apart some misconceptions. So a Catholic who uh, gets a divorce and is single absolutely can go to Holy Communion. If not an old. Not an old. Doesn't have to be an old. Because they're not in a relationship with anybody. The, 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 the traditional prohibition against divorcees receiving Holy Communion was somebody who got divorced, didn't get an annulment, got remarried, and now was in a relationship that wasn't recognized by the church. Okay. So that's my parents' example. So oh. my parents divorced when I was two. Mm -hmm. My mother remarried, didn't go to communion for 20 plus years until I became a priest and she was able to get an annulment, not because I became a priest, but because she didn't know about the idea of getting an annulment, was able to receive a Holy Communion as a result of that. Uh, it's rather unfortunate that she felt pushed away by the church mm -hmm. um, and not welcomed uh, because of that, where if there had been somebody who maybe would have walked her through that, she might have mm. been able to recognize that she still had a place at the table. That's okay. That's interesting because prior to this, I thought the reason the church, in, you know, encouraged the annulment was to just ignore something like the thought of my parents having an annulment, seven children, how many years together, just to pretend like that never existed. Right. That's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I thought it more was the church trying to just pretend that that right. marriage never happened so they can fulfill some rule right. that's made up. Um, but what it sounds like you're saying is to be, to be remarried, to ensure that the previous marriage has ended. And mm -hmm. in order, since we pledge ourselves, whenever we get married right. for a lifetime, um, the only way to do that then is through an annulment. Right. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, and it goes back to the words of Jesus, who didn't allow for divorce, and, okay. you know, in in, in in the scriptures. And so, how do you deal with marriages that fall apart? Right. And so it's so, not to hide something or pretend it to. No, it's brush really. I mean, it, an annulment basically is looking at the original marriage and saying there was something in this marriage that was a flaw that prevented it from ever being the full sacramental marriage of, you know, we talk about validity and invalidity. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure those terms help nowadays, but they're still legal terms. Uh, but there was something about that marriage that prevented it from being what it needed to be. And so in effect, you know, you, you could get, you can then get remarried and, and it, it, but you're right. Some people really do find that notion that the previous marriage, even after seven kids mm -hmm. and a lifetime together is now somehow invalid. Um, and it, it, 
after a life together and even some joy together and, and bringing new life into the world, people find that offensive. And yes, I understand that. And probably this is a great topic for a future uh, podcast. Absolutely. I mean, mar- the, the church is teaching on marriage and, and all right. that. Right. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that more. And I, right. I just, I'm proud of my mom for, um, you know, being able to, because she had said, she's like, I needed it. And I had, she and I had never talked about it, but today she said, I needed it. You know, when your life, it feels like it's falling apart. I mean, divorce is a hard thing. And, and she's like, I got so close to God and I was so grateful to, and it, it was funny. I was trying to take all this in and she's like, the only times I could, I felt, or the times I felt the closest with God, I would go to the church and I would sit there. She's like, you kids, if you would have just been quiet for five seconds, I would have had a little bit longer. But (laughs) those were her moments and getting able to go up to receive the Eucharist just helped her keep going. And so for women who are women and men who are going through a divorce, that's not taken lightly. It never is. So, well, you know, and the, and the Holy Father, Pope Francis, has made, um, ha, has uh, argued that it it probably should be easier uh, for remarried Catholics, uh, divorced and remarried Catholics, to receive Holy Communion. So, and just to sum it up, if you're divorced, you may have communion. You may have communion. If Even you're if re- you're divorced and remarried, you may, you may have, have communion. communion. If your conscience, after consulting with a pastor... And talking about your situation, your unique situation, there there may be legitimate reasons for presenting yourself for communion. But it's because not, an annulment isn't always possible. Right. And it's not necessarily asking a pastor for permission. It's right. to it's helping examine, to walk you through it. It's walking you through it. Yeah. So yeah. well, what about LGBTQ community? Whether they should be able to go to communion. Not should, but rather are Again, I would argue it's, yes, everyone is invited. And Pope Francis has made that clear to us. But, you know, what is whether or not clear? you have the right disposition, whether or not you have the, um, uh, where your relationship is with God and your relationship is with the church, you are ultimately the person that is going to make that decision. I am in charge of me. Yes. But being in charge of you comes with responsibility. And so part of that responsibility is recognizing that going to communion is not something that should be taken lightly. Absolutely. You gave the wonderful, beautiful story of your mom, how communion was so important to her during that difficult time in life. Um, and so it's something that is very meaningful, should not be treated lightly. And so if you're going to present yourself for communion, it goes back to what what's, you know, what's the minimum? You got to believe that what you're receiving is is, is not just regular food, but it's, you know, right. the, the, the very life of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, the very body, blood, uh, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Um, and that you, your life is disposed in such a way that you are moving towards God and not away from God. Yes. Um, and so that's where the disagreements will come in, in that some people will judge other people's lifestyles as being contradictory or moving away from God. And other people are like saying, yeah, I can't really judge that. Uh, you as an individual have to judge, you know, Absolutely. whether your life, whether, whether you're doing your best to try to get closer to God. But if we are, if we are in the communion line and we are looking at the person next to us, 
thinking they don't deserve to be here questioning theirs, then you're not having the opportunity to be right. really in full communion with God and be prepared to and receive And with that it person. Then. Because when we receive person. communion, it goes back to what you said your favorite part of the Mass was, is community. Yeah. We are com- in, we're not just communing with God, yes, but we're in communion with each other. And for mothers with seven children, it's the only two minutes they're quiet the whole <laughs> week. Let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> and we encourage it. So, yeah. um, Bottom line, it boils back down to conscience. You know, yes. the, do I have the... Uh, am I properly disposed? Do I believe in what I'm receiving? Um, and and if so, no one is going to refuse you mm-hmm. because they honestly don't know what's going on inside you. I, if somebody's coming to communion to me, I don't know what's going on within their spiritual life. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing and that they are properly disposed. Well, maybe and it's not. Maybe the issue is you not denying them. Maybe it's that they are denying themselves. And there may be legitimate reasons for them to do that. What would you say, though, to someone who feels that they aren't worthy of it, even though they believe in it, they believe in it as Christ is present? Join the club. I love that. None of us are. Join the club and get in line. Yeah, join the club and get in line. (laughs) Get in line. Because none of us is worthy. Come on, let's come to the table. I mean, you think about what we're receiving is the very life of the universe, uh, the 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 creator of all things who existed before time began, uh, who is the origin of, mm-hmm. of everything, uh, all powerful, all knowing, eternal. Um, so, nothing that we can ever imagine. Going back to that concept of God, as God is going to get anywhere close to what it is that we're receiving. Well, and I, I and this is a. This is a great place to wrap up and in a future episode. I want everybody to notice that JC is the one suggesting we wrap up. Hear that? (laughs) Um, So, so there you have it. Two episodes to try to talk about who uh, can and should receive communion. And let me just round this up or kind of summarize all of this. uh, Now, Um, generally speaking, regarding non-Catholics. Uh, participation in communion is limited to Catholics and Orthodox Christians for two reasons. It's a sacrament of initiation into the Catholic Church, and because of the conviction that anyone receiving should understand and believe that the bread and wine truly become the body and blood of Jesus. Non-Catholics at Mass in the United States can participate by crossing their arms over their hearts, signaling that they would like a blessing from the person distributing communion. I say generally because there are instances where non-Catholics who believe in the real presence can receive communion. Now, Catholics, and whether Catholics at times should refrain from communion, we talked about having the right disposition, which means that our life should be going in the general direction of God without sin so serious that they destroy that relationship. And that's why Catholics traditionally went to confession on Saturday, so as to be properly disposed on Sunday to receive communion. We talked a bit, little bit about divorce and communion. Traditionally, a divorce by itself is not enough to keep someone from communion. That is a misunderstanding that many have. Divorced and remarried outside of the church were told to refrain in past times and until an annulment uh, was granted and people were married in the church. Now, Pope Francis changed this a little bit and approached this question in a more pastoral way in his document called Amoris Laetitia, Laetitia, 
or in English, the joy of love. I was going to say Letitia. Letitia. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we can go into that in more detail in the future because it's a marvelous document when we talk about marriage and the sacrament of marriage. But critical to our discussion today is his observation that not all marriages fit one model and have multiple expressions in our modern world. And that communion might be possible for them. Basically, it's not one model for all. And and it, he created a little bit of a stir when he wrote this because he was saying that there may that there are instances where people who are divorced and remarried can and should go to communion, but it's a matter of individual conscience and working with your pastor. And I want to reiterate also, um, I really, at the end, talking about, you know, you had said, talk to your pastor and, and see if that's where your heart is. And I had said, is that for permission? And you made such a great point. It's not for permission. It's to help you through. And so um, to walk, talk you through to it, to talk you yeah. through it. So just like confession, it's meant to be more helpful than for like a permission and right. to, you know, so I, I think that's so important. I think we need to utilize that. Because the only person who can determine whether you're properly disposed to receive communion is you. Mm-hmm. Now, you can talk to your pastor and you can get some advice and, and kind of walk through it. But it's ultimately a decision of the individuals mm-hmm. and, and their conscience. Right. And, and they're not there to shame you or right. to talk on something they've never been through, like marriage. They are simply there to to be there for you right. and help you to decide where your heart is. And yeah, would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and so somebody presenting themselves in line to receive communion, the minister, whether it's the priest or Eucharist minister, isn't going to quiz them first. They're going to assume that this person is coming with the heart, their heart in the mm-hmm. right place. They want to receive Jesus and because they, they know that who they're receiving is, is Jesus. And if, I could end as our prayer today, maybe um, a, a a story that I told at Mass today. Can do that? So when I was a deacon 35 years ago, I was assigned to the cathedral. And uh, I, one of the things I did was to take communion to the sick and homebound. And so somebody came to the door one day and said that his aunt had moved from St. Louis several months before. She was elderly, but wanted to see a priest because she was now unable to get out of the house. We didn't know who this person was. So I went to the address. It was a ramshackle house. It was falling apart. um, And uh, I I just had to walk in because nobody answered the door. And she was in the back in, in, in her bedroom, in her bed, uh, by herself saying, come on in. Uh, She knew, knew her nephew told her that I was coming. And as I walked through the house, the walls moved because of bugs Mm. and rodents. And so she's living in really horrible conditions Mm. and she's in the bed, a little bitty old lady. And she sees me walk in and I'm holding the picks. A picks PYX is is a small gold, usually container that you put the Eucharist in when you take the Eucharist to the sick. Mm -hmm. She saw that, I was carrying that, she saw it and she said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for coming to see me. Mm. And at first I was like, oh, you know, here I am, you're welcome. (laughs) And she was like, 
And then it, it hit me. No, she wasn't thanking me. Yeah. She was literally thanking the Lord who was being carried in through the agency of the minister, me. Uh, but it was the Lord who was coming to see. And she understood that and saw that. Wow. And wanted to receive the Lord. You know, and so I didn't ask her, are you properly disposed? Do you, you know, do you, are right. you, are you ready to receive communion? She clearly was ready to receive communion by her profession of faith, yeah. which was thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for coming to see me. And ultimately when it comes to communion, it's that desire that all of us have to receive the Lord in Holy communion mm -hmm. that guides that decision. And so somebody who might be, you know, preparing for the church, uh, to enter the church, they don't receive communion because that moment of the first time they do it is that moment where they're fully initiated mm -hmm. into the church. But somebody who has a, a really, uh, a, a, is having a difficult experience, whether in their marriage or they're trying to get things right, um, they can present themselves mm -hmm. for communion if their heart tells them yes. to. Yes, I love um, I love the image of that woman. Just her gratitude is what you saw. And it's what right. God sees is the gratitude to be there and the gratitude to be open to it. And that's the most important thing for anybody receiving communion is to recognize it's yeah. Jesus. I mean, that's a good I, lesson. have a grateful heart. That's a good lesson for all of us too. And I think that'll be something good to talk about in the future is, um, sitting there when your mind is just everywhere and you're thinking of your to-do list and you're thinking of last week and you're thinking of this upcoming week and um, having, where should our intention right. be? And I, it's easy to say it should be on God. But when you think of, if you can't think of anything else, just sit there and just say, thank you. Right. Start with that and the rest will come. So I really like that. Yeah. And so if, if you're one, you know, kind of get to the question that we, we got it, because sometimes people want hard and fast answers. Should I go to communion? Well, I can't tell you that. The Catholic I mean, Church is not a hard and fast church. Yeah, it's we not. We're not centuries. a hard and fast church. <laughs> you know, it's it's you're the only one who knows what your disposition is, where you are uh, and whether or not you're being called to receive the Lord in communion. Sometimes you might want to just have a seat at the table and you like, I'm not going to eat. Mm -hmm. um, and because you recognize maybe you're not ready or you shouldn't. Um, and, and your own spirituality might make that decision for you. I can't give you a hard and fast answer mm -hmm. on, on that question. And we warned you in episode one that we might not be giving you hard and fast answers, but we will give you the basic guidance you need to make the decision for yourself, mm -hmm. because it is your decision, a decision of your, yeah. that is, is prompted by your conscience and the call of God in your heart. Yeah. And I, I, my perspective is, you know, Rebecca, whenever you came to mass with me the other day, Catholics, when we bring non-Catholics, we get really excited for them to come up to communion and get a blessing. It's, it's so great to share that and to, you know, even just the blessing or, or whatever, just getting up there, it does something to you. It just, it, it makes it feel more real. You are a part of it. You are not just sitting, watching the meal taking place. You are participating right. in it, whether you're eating or not. Um, 
it, so it, we we love that. I love that. Do you love that mm-hmm. when it's well? And friend? here's uh, kind of to final put a final uh, nail in this. Yes, that's good. And I shouldn't have pounded the table. I know it, you it, did. You, you've done great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the only one so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a tradition in the church also, which if you were following any of the online masses at Brescia, you you would have seen us do this. We have a tradition of, of what's called a uh, act of spiritual communion. That, oh, this that, is, I love that. Yeah, that recognizes basically that there might be reasons why one may choose not to go to communion. Um, it, it might be that I've been, to commun- I've been to three or four masses already in one day. And, you know, it used to be you were only allowed to go to communion once. Now you go to communion whenever you're at mass. Um, and so you refrained for the future because it was kind of like repetitive. Well, but I'm getting off target. So, uh, so there may be re- legitimate reasons why you choose not to go to communion. But you can always make an act of spiritual communion. In other words, you can even if you're not receiving the sacred host mm-hmm. and the precious blood, you can still receive the Lord in an act of prayer. And so the, the most famous one, and you can Google it, is by St. Alphonsus Liguri. Uh, to simply called an act of spiritual communion. Uh, we used to read it at, at during the pandemic. We'll include it on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll include a, a copy of that. And so if you're ever in a position where you can't go to communion or you're at home and homebound because you're sick uh, and you, you're watching it mass on TV, at the moment of communion, you can say this prayer. And the Lord isn't limited to our rules of how things go. So if he wants to give himself to you in Holy Communion, he can do so even outside of the sacramental (laughs) rites. Yeah. I listened to Father Mike Schmitz this morning and there's, he's still doing um, the virtual. And uh, I, I think that's so cool. If there's one thing that one great thing that came out of the pandemic with having to be away from church is this kind of thing is hearing, okay, you can, you can do as you can do it spiritually. Um, and just even having that, and I know, and it's not to just, it's not to give anyone necessarily an excuse not to go, but I mean, I know for me, I I fly a lot on Sundays and I can't, I can't go. And, um, just to have that, okay, start with that, start with that, ask God in on Sundays and, put the guilt aside, turn it on. You can just being able to spiritually bring right. it in and giving that as an option. I never knew that I could even do that. I'm I'm looking up a prayer uh, of Panis Angelicus, which means uh, the bread of angels. I just want to get the translation for our closing prayer today. That It's a song. Are you going to sing it? No, we're, we're probably uh, uh, recite it. Our producer saying, yes, you should definitely sing yeah. <laughs> You don't want me singing anything. Okay, this is kind of an odd translation of the prayer. It's an old, old-timey translation. We could do it in Latin, but we'll do it in English. So this is a, a hymn that is a hymn to uh, the Eucharist called Panis Angelicus, bread, bread of Angels. So let's pray. The bread of angels is made, the bread of man today, the living bread from heaven with figures dust away. A wondrous gift indeed, the poor and lowly may upon their Lord and Master feed. Thee, therefore, we implore, O Godhead one in three, so may thou visit us as we now worship thee and lead us on thy way that we at last may see the light wherein thou dwellest. Amen. 
Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. This podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. Thanks be to God and Godspeed.